As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So here we are, uh, starting starting the the, uh, the midweek how the non paranormal part of the from the shadows podcast. So, t- so turn off now if you uh, came to hear about Bigfoot. Although we may we have been known to talk about people with big feet. So uh, right, I don't know. Yes, sounds we like have. It. we have. I mean, that, I, yeah, I mean of, that was the name of the girl that you took to the homecoming or prom. No, I don't know. We we uh, you know I was voted biggest feet in my senior class. You know. <laughs> Which I don't know, you know, that's kind of like I was listening to somebody say something about, oh, shoot, they were voted something. And, and whoever was was reading an article was like, this is BS because you either are or you ain't. And it was some high school thing, you know, like they were voted, you know, valedictorian, I think, or something like that. And they were, people were I guess they're trying to figure out how to make the dummies feel smart or something. I don't know. You know, nowadays, because they can't just, <laughs> what? Make, make dumb yeah, you know, you can't just have the smartest cat in the class no more because it makes the people that didn't feel bad about themselves or something. I don't know, man. I, I did You know, you I, didn't know feel, dude, I didn't feel bad about myself, so I, you know. I that's know. because you were tougher. These kids nowadays aren't tough, you know what I mean? Which, which goes all the way into so many tentacles. Of of <laughs> society, right? So so we all know every place is struggling for employees and help, right? Yeah, yes, it's kind are. of a gimme, right? Right, right, yeah. right. Okay, so there's a dude I follow on Twitter named Grunt Paul, G R U N T P A. You know, truth be known, he's probably younger than me, but whatever. I follow a lot of young studs, 
who talk like they've been around the world a little bit. Maybe he has, maybe he hasn't, I don't know. But he was railing on this cop for arresting this dude that got that was innocent. But because the guy essentially said, why are you arresting me multiple times? They charged him with obstruction, which apparently the prosecutor decided to file on him, even though he didn't do anything in the first place. Does that make sense? So you're <laughs> walking down the street. So it's just a scenario. It's on a video cam. It's on a car cam, right? All right. Dude's walking down the sidewalk, minding his own business. Cop rolls up and kind of gets a little shitty with him. Let me see. Good. Not saying where you headed, what are you doing, where are you going, nothing. Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Dude's got a phone in his hand, and he gets kind of crappy a little bit with over the, you know, let me see your hands, let me see your hands, and basically takes him and cuffs him up right then. And the guy's going, why are you doing this? Where am I, you know what I mean? What am I being accused of? What are you this and what are that? And the cop was like, well, you know, and, and, and put him in the fucking cop car and, and, now he's out there defending himself for obstruction of justice. Well, you know, like where I live right here, citizens arrest, right? It's you just have to be right. And what it's got to be a felony and you've got to be right. And what they mean by that is, I guess, in the old sense of the term. So you can't citizens arrest somebody for jaywalking. <laughs> but if you're in the bank and somebody is robbing it, that's a felony. You can make a citizen's arrest because it reaches the felony threshold, and you've got to be right. And what they say, the old case law supporting this, the dude's got to be found guilty. So, right? so really, what is a citizen's arrest? Well, I back mean, in the old days, and they needed to, you know, they didn't have the law around. Yeah. So, you know, think of horse and buggy days. And, and, you know, every little nook and cranny didn't have the cops and some bad actors acted bad and, and the citizens could just. So you could, so but essentially gave you the power as a regular citizen to, to make arrests for to, to felony. Detain some, yeah. Detain yes. somebody. Yeah. Yes. And what all you're you really supposed do to do is, is ride them into town and hand them over to the sheriff. Yeah. I was say, all, you can, all you can really do is detain them under the guise that they were Correct. committing. A Correct. Fraud. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. It's okay. not like so you could anyhow, do anything else. Like this story. So oh, anyway, he, went, guy. he got into, he got into a, 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 a Twitter debate, if you will. I don't know. Can you call Twitter a debate? No, no. Okay. I, so people in, and I understand by reading some of the reviews, some of them were cops that wanted to kind of jump on to him because he was a cop because they were cops and by God, when you're talking, usually when you're talking to a cop about cop stuff, the cops are always right. Yeah. Okay. You put yeah. down what I'm selling seriously. Yeah. So, oh yeah. I and he has, this would have been a great one for the judge to watch because the judge is got a little better handle on the English language spoken. Okay. Because I'm going to say not all cops are right all the time. Okay. And I wanted to stand, stick up for this dude, grandpa. But I decided not to because a couple things I wanted to because I mentioned I, I said something in a, in a Twitter feed the other day and some dude, some Ukrainian flag waver with a bunch of rainbow stuff. I'm not making that up and and just absolute craziness who obviously does not know who I am. Right. That's, that's the key element here. When <laughs> I'm out there on Twitter, they do. They obviously do not know who I am, which I kind of like. But. <laughs> He called me a keyboard commando, which I liked, right? <laughs> and, and diminished, he tried to blow my candle out to make his look brighter and did a 
terrible job, but I had a bunch of of Twitter people stick up for me, right? Because they obviously know who you are. <laughs> no, I don't think no, none of them know. None of them oh, in the entire no. feed know who I am. Oh, they didn't. Oh, because you but, were under but, your real name. It, yes, I was under my real name, and okay. they know who they don't know who. Me, you know, there's like six people, and, and when I say know who I know, you know, in my I'm down to 195 followers. I had 210 the other day, but now I'm down to 195. My 195 followers, there is, I can count on two hands how many of them actually been in the same room with me. Let's just put it that way. A few, a couple people know me, you know, have been, have gotten to know me a little bit, but, but, but maybe I, I can think of five off the top of my head, but those five have all carried a loaded gun into multiple situations with me. Okay. So, mm -hmm. but none of them stuck up for me because they're, most of them are just like Twitter's bullshit, man. Why are you even on there? Um, <laughs> but they got an account. So whatever. <clears throat> so I thought, well, I'll stick up for this grandpa because there's a bunch of strangers stuck up for me, but then I didn't have the heart to do it because you're arguing with some dipshit that, that I don't even know where I'm going with this on this show today. This is not what we were going to talk about. <laughs> it wasn't on the list. But yeah, he was not on the list, huh? But I, but I know it's interesting because you know I always wondered legitimately what a citizen's arrest was. Okay, and so so so, <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, this cop, and this is what I don't like about cops. And I said this one time in a in a I was in an executive level interview post retirement. Okay, where I was being interviewed for an assistant director position over some people with law enforcement power. And I made the comment, well, you've, we've already, you've already won. And this girl goes, what do you, gal says, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, when you represent the state, when you work for the state or the federal government, you have already won. And what I mean by that is <clears throat> whether it takes you a day or a year or you can do it yourself or they'll send 10 guys, you know, you take me out and they'll send 10 MFers over here and burn this place to the ground. Watch the Waco thing if you forget about it. You know what I mean? So as a, as a, as a, as a dude representing the government, whether that's the city police or the county sheriff or a state trooper or federal agent, that person has already essentially won because he has unlimited resources to trespass upon you. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm following. So yeah. because of that, you have got to kind of be gentle with these people because you've already won the, you you've already won the fact that you're there so so when i seen this cop jacking with his dude walking down the street he should have said hey what's going on man are you from around here where you live where you headed to we've had a suspicious because apparently he was there because they had a suspicious call about something ended up being another guy but he could have handled it a thousand ways different than he did so to close out my grandpa thing, I wanted what I wanted to say is cops are no different than everybody else. You're you walk in a convenience store and there's only one dude checking out because he's the only guy that showed up for work. You you know what I mean? Every industry you try to get somebody to pour some concrete at your house and your contractor can't get anybody to help him. You're you try to go in and order something and the factory's backed up because they either shut down for COVID or they can't get enough people to work the line. Cops are the same way, right? So so what we're seeing collectively, and I think this is society as a whole, globally, okay, you're only as good as your applicants. And when your applicants suck, your employees are going to suck, whether you're at the police department or this podcast, right? I mean, <laughs> that's just the way it is.
Listen, and I think you, didn't even, you, didn't even apply. you didn't even apply. We just recruited you. What are you talking about? <laughs> and that shows me what a terrible organization this was. Because, you know, if you had to rely on me, you're sucking air, buddy. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because our town, our, the town where I, you know, am basically from and deliver me, that's what we're facing right now is there's With police off, police officers leaving because they can't hire anybody to give them um, time, you know, off. time off and they're leaving to go to what you would, I would consider worse situations uh, for even. Um, what, what, the, give me an example. What's the worst situation? Well, towns that you would think like they, they can't pay as much to be cops at them jobs to be cops there because okay, so I don't understand this, that. They just want a day off, you know. They're working 12, 14 hour shifts here in our town. And they're going to like smaller little villages where I know they're not paying, they can't be paying them as much, but they're not working as much. And I, I, I think here's what I think the COVID did for, you know, for most everybody. They realized that working all the time wasn't what it was all, all, you know, all cut out to be, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's more to life than just work and work and work. And, and a lot of people, you know, used to take advantage of just, you know, we got you in the job and it's a good paying job, but we're going to abuse you hours wise. I mean, like they the do post it at, office. Yeah. They do it at the post office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They won't, they won't get help because they know there's guys that'll work 10, 12 hours, work till Maybe. night. They the used to, night. And see, that's the problem. Yes, in our father's generation, certainly in our grandfather's and great grandfather's yeah. generation, but those days are slowly coming. Well, slowly. they are. The the younger people yes. don't they don't want to do that. And and I can't say that I blame them. You know, I mean, if I look back at some of the times I had to work ten, <clears throat> eleven hours, it's like, you know, I I tried not to miss anything of my kids, but you know, there's people that just never got to anything of their kids, and so what's the now, of course, I look back and all the stuff I did for my kids and they don't talk to me. <laughs> so maybe I should have worked some more. I don't know. But I just I just feel like I think the thing with COVID and, and when it stopped a lot of people from from going and doing or, you know, working and, and doing some stuff that they thought was important. They kind of realized quality of life is a little more important because you don't know how much you got, you know. And uh, so I, I, I get it. But uh, if you have the ability to work and make enough money for yourself, why would you go to work for somebody else? You know, I, well, I think the other thing has to do with with a it's one thing to work a lot of hours. It's another thing to make a lot of money. Right. So so they don't always know, guys, go, they don't I always don't, go hand in hand. Right. What? Not always. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so you're, you have to value your time. And, and I think, God, this is, this is going off the rails here on me, but you know, (laughs) if you were raised by a certain generation, you were told if you work hard, uh, you'll have everything you want. Right. Yeah. Not necessarily. Cause if you work hard for $6 an hour, you got half as much as the dude that worked the same amount of hours that made 12. In a third of what the dude made 18 and, and a quarter of what the guy that made 24. So it's not that you work hard. Work hard at something that makes some freaking money. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I think yeah. what happened is the kids with the best 
you know, the cream always rises to the top, right? So those, let's call them kids or young adults that, that decided to work hard, they have the option to to shop around and find the job that's going to make them the most money, right? Well, well, the fa- well, the fact is, okay, I I don't think it'd be too hard to go and and make the equivalent of ten or twelve dollars an hour on your own, figuring out something to do, whether it's something through uh, content creation, whether going and working for cash under the table, like doing well, yard well, work. Well, or something. We don't talk about illegal activity on this here podcast. I didn't say sell so. drugs. I'm saying doing yard work. Just the fact that you're doing it for cash and not reporting it, the, your president just made anything over 600 bucks is reportable. Well, not if you don't do it all at once. Um, anyway, anyway, you know. What, so what yes, you what are correctly. Is, yeah, you, you are can, correct. I think the equivalent of of what that cost, 100. percent You're right. You could make it a thousand. Yeah, you could go. You, I could go out and make. A hundred dollars a day doing something, okay? And you're talking if I can go out and make a hundred dollars a day, hundred dollars cash, that'd be the equivalent of making fifteen dollars an hour for at McDonald's because by the time they took taxes and Social Security and, and all the other stuff they take yeah, out. Yeah, but do you get to help somebody like you do it? Maybe you get to help them more. I don't know. Maybe I'm walking somebody's dog. Maybe I'm doing somebody's, you know, like I said, yard work for them. Maybe I'm going to pick up somebody's grocery. I don't know. But I'm just saying, I think I think there's different opportunities out there today, and, and young people especially are like, well, I'm just going to work for myself. Well, I'm I think only they can make find them bucks. because the internet. Yeah. yeah, true. Yeah, which leads me to a completely. Oh, oh boy, where are we going? We're not going there because it's going to be a Patreon because I'm going to say some bad stuff. Just remind okay. me to bring when we do Patreon, bring me back to that because. Okay. The internet has, has cheapened so much of, of 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 everything, good and bad. Is it not? Okay. Okay. So we're going to do an OnlyFans special for Patreon. Well, I don't know. It just depends. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've got, I certainly can go on a riff about that. You, I've either done it or you know where I'm going with that. Yes. <laughs> think how easy things are to get now that weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. In the in the, in the past. Right, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it just it just everything's cheaper now. Everything's easier to get, good and bad. So, you know. Uh, well, so back to those jobs. So back to the cops in this town where I live, the the Joe Q police officers, right? Yeah, they make about as much as I. You normally said the guys that stock at night, the supermarket up here. But they don't make oh, yeah. them stock at night anymore. They let them stock during the day. So when you walk through the store, there's all these dudes putting stuff on the shelves all the time. That's it's pain of, in the, it's pain in it's the pain ass. ass. But you know what? They can't get anybody work at night. I you know so, what? I worked that job and it sucked. It was nice at night, you know. But but the worst part was is me and my buddy Eric Westfall, and we used to work. We stocked shelves at night for um, a place, and I don't know if they have Myers where you're at, but they have Myers here. And uh, it's like a Walmart super center or something. And we, it, there was nothing worse than on a Friday night going to work. We have to go into work at 10 and we work 10 to six and you'd be about nine o'clock on a Friday night. You know, we'd stop, grab something to drink on our way out of town to head down there. And you'd see just these carloads of girls rolling into town. They were going to take liquor, take Well, they weren't buying liquor. But they were taking, you know, in our town, is a big thing called lapping. You knew they were going to be lapping or hanging out at the Mad Bull. And, and me and me. Lapping, is it a, is it a, 
Oh, Lapid was so there was a main there's a main street in our town, and you oh lapping L A P P I yeah oh so you yeah. doing laps doing okay. laps and they I thought turn. you were laughing like it was a comedy store or something no no no, no. laughing and so that was a big thing to do and there was Just nothing worse around. yeah nothing worse than being a 20, 22, 23 year old and and going heading out of town while the all the girls were heading into town oh, let me tell you there's <laughs> a, hell of a lot night. of shit worse. Let me tell you what's worse. Yeah. You just didn't know it at the time. <laughs> well, okay. In my life, in me and Eric West's false life, that was the most important thing. Uh -huh. <laughs> in your sheltered childhood. Yeah. Well, that was also the same summer that I that I was in an extra in Shawshank Redemption. And they called me to uh, to be an extra for the rest of the summer. And I, you know, I'm like, well, how many days am I going to get to work? And yeah, like 30 or 40 or whatever. And I thought, man, I can't quit my job stocking shelves to go do that. And I thought, what? Now I'm like, what a fool! Like I could have could have been a much bigger part in one of the greatest movies of all time. But instead, I you, know, know, you helped all those customers. I you were helped dog, you helped dog. all those customers with those green beans and blue light specials or whatever, right? <laughs> no, I had the dog food. I had the dog dog and cat food aisle because I was the I was you get big enough to lift the bags. And then every and then about once a week they'd say, "Hey, go grab the salt pallet. The salt salt needs re." Uh, you know, the salt or uh, water softener salt. Yeah, I know what water softener salt. I've got a water softener. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so do I. And it's, but that needed uh, restacked. And they'd always send me to go get it. And, and uh, oh, gosh, that's terrible. But now I couldn't even, I don't even know if I could lift one bag. <laughs> oh, come on. You could lift a bag, couldn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm just kidding. But I'm just I saying. almost, huh? I'm just, I'm just, well, I don't know. I go get salt for the salt water softener and I get, I get rust out. So I get six bags and they're 40, 40 pound bags. And I mean, we have a three level house and I got to take them down three, three little flights of stairs. And it's like, two oh at a time, one each arm. What do you do? Yeah. Two at a time, one each arm. I'm just like, gosh, there's got to be easier way. Does it make you feel sad that you're a hollow shell man you used to be physically? Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. Yep. Yep, it does. I don't know. I, I wonder sometimes if it would have been better off just to never be that man that I thought I was. I don't know. Interesting. That's this sad. is too deep. We're going to have to steer it back on the road because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking over the edge and the abyss is below. So, well, yeah, okay. it's, it's right, not so, working so, out well for me. So, <laughs> so let's pull you back off the edge. Bigfoot okay. in Afghanistan. That wasn't Bigfoot. He was no, a big was red a monster. It was a giant. It was a giant. It was a giant. 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 Giant of Kandahar. Well, and I'm going to tell you something. There was a lot of giants in Afghanistan. Now, meaning metaphorically what? Speaking. Metaphorically speaking. Because I mean, of the drug, think about the, the, I mean the, 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 the acts of heroism and the, yeah. the unbridled bravery that our men and women put in, in, in battle to, to quell those uprised, uh, native uprisings, uh, so maybe they just saw their own reflection in a pool of water or the moon is what I'm thinking. So you, so you're not buying anything about this story. Now I've heard this story. Well, when I seen a couple times, a, and when I, I seen redheaded giant, I thought maybe it was Braxton McCoy, but I don't think he was ever in Afghanistan. He was an Iraq giant, but <clears throat> I don't know. You know, 
I don't want to segue into UFOs at this point in time. But the older I get, the more I realize there's a lot of crazy stuff in this world, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe. And so. I'm upstairs a while ago, and I'm watching, uh, you know, them pulling some 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 marble pillars out of the out of out of the bay in front of Memphis, as in um, Egypt, you know, the mouth of the Nile, shit that's been underwater for a thousand years. Um, I Signs remember. That- Signs I, of a civilization, right? That's, yeah, that's, yeah, and I think it belonged to, um, I, you know, that's who they think it belonged to. Do they really know what it belongs to? But <clears throat> there's been a lot of <sighs> how they do that, man. Because this was like a half, you know, two or three technical divers, a barge, a big ass crane. How did these Egyptians and not even flip flops, barefoot Egyptians build that stuff? And how did they do it? How did they do it? As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I, I don't know. I mean, they, they, you know, there's models that say just they had that many slaves working for them. You well, know? that's because we do our mathematical calculations, but but maybe they had giants. Well, maybe listen, they had spaceships. Maybe they have shape shift and stuff. I don't know. Well, you got to think. I mean, okay, there's giants in the Bible, and there's people that you know really believe every, that everything in the Bible is accurate and. And that really happened. So what happened to those giants, you know? And they weren't just well, like guys that were... Arcs, but... <laughs> well, so, so you, okay. So let, I want to tell you about something I heard today. I interviewed a guy from Australia today, okay? Because in Australia, they have their version of the Bigfoot, and it's called Yowie. Okay, so it's called a Yowie. Yowie, that's the aboriginal... Does he, does he run on the wrong side of the trail when he's chasing you? <laughs> No, but uh, but this this guy Yowie Dan is his name, okay, and uh, but he was telling me off air about the uh, snakes and spiders they got down there, and he said they have a thing called the brown snake, which is the second deadliest snake in the world. Yeah, all right, yep. and because the first deadliest snake in the world is also in Australia, and I forget what its name was, but it. It inhabits green mama, a pl- black mama, something. 
No, no, it's not. It's nothing like that. But he said, okay. but he said it's in places where nobody goes. So very hardly anybody gets killed by it. But if it, it bit you, you'd have about five minutes to live. So oh, they got one and they got one to call a two step because that's all you got. Two, <laughs> two step. <laughs> and it, the two step. Right. Don't make but, me Google it up. Go yeah. ahead. I'm going to Google it up while you're telling the story. But, the, but he said the brown snake is one that uh, he goes, you probably got 10, 20 minutes. And he goes, so the only and way it wouldn't get- be a good 10 or 20 minutes. No. And he said, the only way you're getting out of there is if a helicopter can get to you in the bush. And he goes, and it would be too late. But he said, this brown snake is so aggressive that if you scare it bad enough, it will chase you down. If you see it and you turn and run away, it will come after you to bite you. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding. He goes, no, no. He goes, if you, and he, he used a, a colorful Australian language to describe it. But he said, it will literally chase you down to bite you. That's how aggressive they are. If you, I, I've never heard that. Have you ever heard? I mean, a snake. Yes. Well, I, you know, I read a lot of capstick books. I read a lot of Victorian era books from Africa. Um, and they talk about, especially in the mating season, the cobras and the, some of the, uh, the, uh, I guess they're vipers more than cobras, right? I don't know. My snake's good enough to tell you that, yes, they talk about it um, being very aggressive. But to, like, chase you down, the you know, the, like, uh-huh. run after. So, yeah, so this this two-step is the mini, M-A-N-Y, banded crate, K-R-A-I-T. I'm going to skip right down through it and say it is, uh, this, I'm quoting here. It says... The mini-banded crate is among the most venomous snakes, land snakes in the world. Oh, I guess they got them to uh, Most purple-headed. I'm, huh. Wow. Anyway, I'm, looking at, I'm, I'm looking at this. It's the bu- bu- Bungarus. Yeah. Inland Taipan. The most venomous snakes of the world is the Inland Taipan in Australia. The third one is the Eastern Brown Snake, Australia, Papua New Guinea, Indonesia. It's because they don't have See. hogs. See, he said it was the second. So he, I, see, third. No, there was the Du Bois. He didn't want to give the French their uh, nod. <laughs> the Dubois Sea Snake from the Coral Sea. Well, Arufara Sea, the Timor Sea, the Tar River, and the Indian Ocean. Well, anybody, anything's going to live in the Tar River and the Indian Ocean is going to be a. Uh, he got it should be the tetanus snake because I don't know if you've ever seen freaking water over there. Uh, well, but I'm it, telling you what, huh? Isn't that the place where the Indian, you know, when the, the guy in India, like, taking a dump in the field across the hotel? That's nothing. I mean, <laughs> hell, that old boy took us down to Bollywood. I told him he wanted to take us to Bollywood. And I, You know, wherever he took us, I don't know. But you ever seen the movie uh, 13 Hours in Benghazi? I don't know where it was filmed. Yeah, yeah. But it looks yeah, just yeah. like it. So there's a scene when he picks the one guy, picks up the first guy at the airport. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're driving along. And that's what it looks like. But instead of having an old T-62 tank or jet, it's like a, a, a dishwasher or a washing machine. You know, there's like freaking old appliances <laughs> and shit out there. All the beans. <laughs> like they've washed up. You know what I mean? Just people out there carrying stuff around. <laughs> Serious, man. So, so instead of an old tank, there's like something got, got tired of the mic- brown water. It's brown. It's the, the microwave. You know, the Ohio River looks like the Missouri River a lot. It, I mean, in the Mississippi, it's real brown, chocolate, milky looking. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's even pre 
whatever they dumped in last week. You know, I don't know what this <laughs> fucking cloud's going to do. That cleared um, it up. Really cleared yes. It up. So imagine an ocean with white caps being milky brown like that. That's what it looks oh, like. God. With appliances and crap, you know what I mean? Yes. I guess. It's a crazy <laughs> place. I love it. I mean, it's if if I... It's one of the if I was filthy rich, I would I don't know, I'd probably go back over there and stay, you know, at the uh, the Lila Mumbai again and hang out for a few days. Uh, Just for maybe. a few days or what? Yeah, you know, man, I'm telling you, there's only a few places I'd want to stay a long time. If you're filthy rich, because this is what I'd be worried about if they found that I was filthy rich, they'd rob me or something. Yeah, but you're and not going to be carrying people, it all with you, right? They're so, the Sikh people are so kind and gentle. I've never had a bad experience with an Indian over there, a, a, a dot Indian, not a not a Custer Indian, but a dot Indian. But So what would happen is they would come and try to rob me, thinking I was <laughs> a, just a rich softy, and then I would have to play Johnny Rambo on them, and I'd feel bad leaving. I don't like to feel bad. So a couple of days, I'd buy some of overpriced rugs and leave. Mm-hmm. Go back See, to Gandhi's house, huh? That seems like a place you should just carry a brown snake with you. You, you know, I had a friend trouble. of mine that took his, got married late in life, had a, saved up a pile of money, got out of the army, worked in Washington D.C., and and he, at the tender age of about forty, I'm trying to think because I'm I'm getting so old so fast, at the tender age of about forty two or forty three, gets married for the t- first time and takes her to, I think Bangalore. On like a ten, you know, and he's he's and he's kind of yuppity, you know. Some of these, you know, there's people that are liberal and and feel goody naturally. They were raised by people like that, and then you got normal blue collar people that make a, that get a little money, and then they think that's the way rich people act is to do yuppie shit. Like on a honeymoon, go to Bangalore, Bangalore. I think it was Bangalore. So. In the courtship phase of his relationship, it was always trying to outdo, you know, you'd show up to work on Monday and he was, you know, we went and tried this uh, craft beer place or we rode bicycles over here or we went to, you know, we flew down to, you know, pick your poison. I don't even know where these people kind of people go anymore, right? <laughs> and then since he had resources and didn't mind flying, he he went overseas with her one time, but but he took about a two and a half week holiday, two and a half weeks um, honeymoon, and took her to Bangalore, Bang, Bangalore. Now he's waited his entire life to marry this woman, and she has waited her whole life for him. Okay, mm-hmm. and she gets and she's about. 40 or 41. So it's like, we got to hurry up and have this baby, right? Because we're, so they're going to have a baby. Oh my so gosh. they, so they consummate the relationship. They take, he takes her on a two week deal, two week thing to Bangalore. She has this baby and drops dead of cancer. So I'm, I'm compacting. He was married. What? I think, no, wait a second. I think he was married 13 months. So, so she she, she had was, cancer she, before they got married? No, well they they she got married, they hurry up and start having this baby. He ta- he takes her on a vacation. What I started to say was just, you know, you take your old lady on a uh, honeymoon to Bangalore, ba- Bangalore for 2 weeks. You're already in trouble. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to have these dengue fever. They give you these big ass pills to take over there like you anywhere this mosquito bill, right? So they want you to to take all this medicine. So 
yeah, so she's three or four months, five months, six months pregnant, and she's got these headaches. And they said, well, it's, it's, it's just, it's natural, you know. She has this baby, and oh, by the way, we just did a scan on your brain. You got a tumor, and we can't do anything about it. She's gone. So, was it? <laughs> that was a bad story. I know. Kind of went down the road bad way, but that's what I'm saying. I started just condensing and saying, dude, a guy I worked with brought his old lady over there on honeymoon, and she freaking died within a year. <laughs> But then uh, there's so many I, there's, details for the story. I was going to say, there's so much more. And I hate to laugh. I'm just, I'm laughing at the story. Don't feel bad for him. He's got a new girl because apparently it's easy. If you're a widower, you're on a different plane than divorcees. I know you were a divorcee on the market. But if you're a widower with a brand new baby, there's oh, it's better than a puppy. That's, that's, especially that's, that's a, especially I, when you're a government employee and your ex had a whole bunch of life insurance. Well, I mean, let's be honest. That's that's a story. I mean, that's because, a real story to, to tell somebody. Like, I mean, you're gonna get some feelings from somebody. They're gonna feel bad for you. They're gonna feel some empathy. Well, he's you know? not a player. I don't think he would play for the empathy. No, 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 no. I just I'm just saying. Naturally, you're gonna you know, there's gonna be people that feel bad for you, and and some people you know that helps. Them be attracted to you because of the of the story of the. I know. I tell I people I got to talk on this microphone, and they feel bad for me. That's my play. <laughs> God. You know? Oh God! Oh jeez! So finish only... the Australian story because I got an Australian story to tell too. Well, then he and, and then he went on to tell me about these these spiders they got over there, and I forget what they're called, but they 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 like do dig a big holes. spider shit. No. They're like funnel, like they something with funnels, okay? And they said the they'll dig holes, and the holes will be covered with uh, spider webs. And he's like, you know, you can't go out there and mess with them. And I'm thinking, well, I wouldn't mess with spider webs anyway. But he said it's so bad during mating season for those spiders, you can't even walk around out in the wild or wherever they are because the males are just going nuts running around. These male spiders looking for females, and he said they'll just bite you, and you're I mean, you don't have much time uh, to get to, to get the anti uh, venom for those either. I'm like, it, I go, you're not selling Australia to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but they kill all that shit in town where everybody goes, right? It doesn't. It doesn't sound like it. I mean, it sounds like they I just, don't know. I mean, I mean, wouldn't she? I mean, I would. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it just, uh, it just stuff just sounds crazy. Right here, the Sydney funnel web spider. That's yeah. what's called. All they need to do is get Burlington. Who's the to railway in, in Norfolk Southern? Get Norfolk Southern, put a train down there, and they'll kill all that shit. It, not really. I mean, you know, can you imagine a, a Sydney funnel web spider getting in some of that stuff? Might make a giant be like Godzilla. I don't <laughs> know. You know, bring me back to the pigs in Afghanistan. Bring me back to pigs in Afghanistan after I tell you this Australian well, story. Okay. So I, right. I, I worked with a dude, command, a retired command sergeant major. Uh, he was first range, ranger battalion command sergeant major. And just, I mean, tough as nails. Joined the Army in 67, I believe, maybe 68. Cut his teeth in the old LERP patrols. Went to Panama. When he got just done a lot of stuff, right? And I'm mm-hmm. having a heart to heart to him one one time and uh, with him. And I asked him what just I don't even know if I asked him how scared he was, what's the scariest you ever been something. He says they're on a NATO exercise down in Australia 
and they're walking around with miles gear. You know what miles gear is? You lose listeners on miles gear. It's the old, uh, they had a laser. So you had on your pack, your, on your body, you had a, basically a reflector and they, and everybody had laser things on the end of their guns. So they were playing a, like a force on force. So if I shot you with my laser gun, you know, it was like laser tag for grownups, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He says they're walking on this thing and, and they're out there and he's got an Australian guy with him. I don't know if the Royal Marines or whatever, whatever they got out there. I'm not for sure. Okay. He says they get to this river crossing and they're going to cross. And all of a sudden, these, the Australian dude stops. And, whoa, 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 whoa. And from out of nowhere, a couple of these guys had real guns. They pull out these real guns and they're locking and loading these FNFALs or whatever they had, 308s. And the sergeant major's like, whoa, 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 what the hell, live ammo with this? And he said, yeah, one of us is going to go across and cover the rest of us. You know, I'm going to cover him crossing and he's going to cover me when I bring you guys across. They're waiting this kind of a creek, big creek, small river. And this sergeant major's like, what, what the hell? And he said, it's the saltwater crocs. Oh, gosh, yes. And they said, huh? And they said, yeah. You know, because these guys were from Fort Benning. They thought, well, just an alligator or something, maybe. They said, no, these some bitches will kill you so quick. And I think part of it is like the polar bear. The reason why the polar bear is the most dangerous bear in the world, he's not necessarily the biggest, because they don't get exposed to humans, so they don't really know what you are. You know, to them, you're just, you know, you could be another bear, for Christ's sake. You know, they don't ha- have yeah. exposure to humans. So I think these saltwater crocs out there in the middle of nowhere, there just, hadn't been enough of them killed. Yeah, you're, you're, in the, you're in the water, you're a meal. Yes, that's all you are to them. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another thing, saltwater crocs. <laughs> yes. So, so the saltwater crocs, if they had hogs in Afghanistan— Okay, so so in 2001, 2002, I worked with a dude, let's just call his name Rex, and he was a demo guy. I was telling my son about him the other day. He was a, uh, just a very accomplished uh, uh, underwater. He was a BUDS instructor. He was an old-fashioned demo guy. I think he might have been the end of the Vietnam era. Okay, so he was telling about all the money the State Department gave these grants out to demine all these old war zones, you know, like they give like $40 million a year to Croatia and $100 million a year to Laos and Cambodia. And he said, you know, we give tens of millions of dollars to Afghanistan prior to 9-11. You know, we're probably not going to give them anything now. And, of course, then we went in there and tore the shit out of the place for 20 years and give them everything. But we, this was in the infancy stages, right? <laughs> so I said, you know, the thing to do is – Maybe we should just introduce hogs to them. He said, huh? I said, you know, these wild pigs that we got, because they were starting to inch up in the <clears throat> southern Missouri. I said, you know, I've been to Texas and, and Louisiana and hog hunting, and they're just everywhere. People hate them, and they, they can't, you know, once they're introduced, they, you know, because they root up everything. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I said, you know, we could get a grant to just dump all these hogs over here, and they would root up the country. The Muslims would not eat them because they're pork, so they would just reproduce and reproduce and reproduce, and they would either they would they would root up root eventually root all the mines out uh, and either in you know die or you know live or die by the by the power of their snout. <laughs> Can you imagine one of those hogs rooting around and hitting a mine? But you know what I think though? I I, I think they would probably wisen up to that. 
Well, yeah. I think they and would sniff him out to, because, you know, goes back to they the truffle polar bear hunt. And you, soul, it goes back to the polar bear and the saltwater yeah, crop. Because I think okay. eventually they would say, you know, every time I smell this Simtex or, 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 or RDX or something or whatever, I don't even know what they have in landmines, right? Every time I smell this smell, my cousin gets blown up. Yeah, then, so, it's, then it's all, you know. So they would just, they would quit. Bacon. They would, yeah, they would quit quit rooting them out. You know, that's why the rattlesnakes, the young rattlesnakes don't rattle in Texas anymore. Why? Because when they, people are killing them? The hogs find them. So, right. so the hogs, rattlesnakes the are, yeah, either the whole ecology or what would you call that? Biology, the whole, the whole feng shui of, uh, snakes, but rattlesnakes are changing down there because if they rattle, see the hogs are impervious to snake bites, you know? So, they are. I didn't know that. Yeah, and they don't they can't know bite if it's their skin or something. Or what? They got tough skin and something in their fat counteracts. It's like an anti venom, and the only thing they can think of is for a million years or whatever, the snakes, the hogs that got bit survived, and the ones that didn't died. You know, so just through evolution, right? So in theory, I could go to Australia because I've eaten enough bacon and have enough fat. I may be able to survive a brown snake bite. Maybe I don't know, but the so if the snakes, the little rattlesnakes know, if they rattle, the the hog will find them. That the hog searches them out and eats them. That's amazing. I know I've been out west. Why you know I've got a you can't see the few people that's ever seen in my office. I've got a one, two, three, four, five. I got five antelope in my office and two in the other room, and you can go out there where where private property is, especially coal property, mine properties you can't hunt on, and there's a thousand antelopes. And then, like, if you got a GPS, it'll tell you what's public land and what's private land, and there's no fence, right? But this GPS is plus or minus three feet accuracy or whatever. And right there, there'll be an invisible line, and there, there'll be no antelope for two miles, and you look at your GPS, that's because it's public hunting's allowed on there. And I don't know if they know that, hey, I get over there, and every time we go over there, old Tom gets shot in the head or something. I don't know. I'm just telling you, the wild kingdom, up until the last hundred years, and the humans, the wild kingdom was wild, and, and, and shit happened to dumb animals. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time. Never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 